Better and Longer with the Fitness Show, hosted by fitness expert, author, and TV personality, Fitz Kohler. She'll tell you why diets are dumb, supplements are snake oil, and the truth about how you can earn a lean, hard, pain-free, and athletic body. Now for our favorite bossy blonde, Fitz Kohler. Hi team, I'm Fitz Kohler, your fitness expert from fitness.com, and welcome to the Fitness Show. Normally, I like to talk about all the wonderful things involved in running races and runners and events and sports and fitness in general, but like everything, this particular sport has some strange downsides, and uh, I'm going to call this the Running Pet Peeves Show, and who better to do it? Then my partner, who sees almost everything with me from high up in the sky, so high, Rudy Novotny. Welcome, Rudy. Hey, Fitz. How you doing? Love to be invited on the Pet Peeve Show. Yeah. Nothing I... like inviting a grumpy old guy to get mean, nasty, and just be generally grumpy. Yeah, yeah. you know, everybody says that about you. Rudy, he's so grumpy. <laughs> I'm a grumpy guy. Let's get to it. Let's... I can't wait. So speaking of pet peeves, I think everyone should know. So Rooney and I are not in the same place. We're uh, we're communicating via the computer. But is it a pet peeve of yours to lose things that you put in a quote unquote safe place? Oh, nice start. Yeah. <laughs> so so we're starting off with uh, the most current pet peeve of yep, and we, I, I think we've all done it. I've done it a number of times. Is making sure that you put whatever it is away in a really, really, really safe place so you don't lose it. And all you're doing is hiding it from yourself, right? (laughs) Exactly. Yep. And that's what I did this morning, but it seems to have worked out okay. So on with the show. That's right. And for, for your information, what we're talking about is I asked Rudy to put in his earbuds with the microphone so I could hear him better. He's like, yes, of course, they're right here. Wait a minute, right here, and it just kept going, and all I could hear you in the background is talking to yourself, going, okay, wait, okay, wait. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I did a good job of that one. Still haven't found it, and probably won't until the next show we do. That's but right. Whatever. Right. Whatever. It's all good. <laughs> so, always happy to have you with me, because you're so much fun, even though you are this grumpy guy, right? <laughs> Thanks, Fitz. Yeah, I'm a grumpy old guy. Trying to have fun, just kind of looking out over the uh, Carlsbad coastline here. It's about 75 today. What do you have there in Gainesville? I think it's 80-something. I win. (laughs) You win. 80 80 and humid. I know. I got a little stickiness, too. Take that. Mmm. Gee whiz. Don't miss that at all. (laughs) 75 and dry. Sorry. Not sorry. I love the sticky. I love it so much. We're going to have some rain, too, and that feels good. Lovely. Lovely. You're such a lizard. Life in the tropics is good. Mm -hmm. Mm Yummy. So we're going to go into race peeves, and I've made a list. Did you write anything down? I didn't, Fitz. I'm I'm totally winging it. I'm going to work off of uh, what you feed me and what comes to mind. Okay, so as always, not that it needs to be invited, because I know you're always happy to put in your two cents, but if any of my thoughts trigger your thoughts, please feel free to dive right in. Absolutely, can't wait. So I'm going to start with one of my peeves that's actually grown on me because it's your pet peeve. Let's start (laughs) off with race bandits. Ready, set, go. Mm, 
Don't. Just don't. <laughs> Just don't. And race bandits, go away. And don't ever come back another day. That's it. Simple. <laughs> Done. <laughs> and tell people what a race bandit is, because not everybody knows. That's true. Okay, so essentially, a race bandit is someone who's decided to not register for an event and spend the money that all the registered people have to enjoy all the resources and all the, the niceties that are provided for registered runners. And so they have no bib on. And, um, you know, their attitudes run the gamut from, oh, I mean, we'll just start from here, from uh, it's a public street and I have every right to be there, to, oh, big deal, who am I hurting anyway, to, well, I'm not taking a t-shirt and I probably won't take a medal, but mm, many of them do, to, um, I don't know, just a a self-righteous attitude of um i'm entitled to run this event and or you know just i'm not taking anything i'm not i won't i won't stop at a water station all kinds of nonsense to justify their existence but of course you and i both know that bandits put a significant weight and and uh and difficulty in many cases on the resources that are provided those who pay for them such as go on well i mean let's go to the big ones okay let's go to the big ones medical medical needs okay all the all the volunteers and all our medical staff are staffed to assist the registered runners and if those medical staff members are needed to assist a non-registered runner, then that takes away from those resources right there. And that's a big one, okay? Huge. Um, yeah, it's huge. And, and, it's not like- and if one of those non-registered runners gets hurt along the way, guess who's getting sued? Exactly, exactly. And it's not, you know, just like hospitalization. It's not like anybody's going to be turned away. But it takes away from, you know, those, again, that have, you know, paid for those resources to be there. Um, Additionally, in many cases, uh, medical information is provided by the participants that's encoded in the, I'll use the term chip, in in their registration information. Um, Perhaps uh, penicillin intolerance and other other vital information that's provided. Uh, uh, people to notify and and other vital information. Well, clearly, because they're not wearing a bib and have no chip or or additional information, uh, those non-registered runners don't provide any of that information. So it's difficult in many cases to serve them properly. Hmm. Not very So that's just a, that, yeah, that's just a start. You know, we can go to the little things, you know, and I'll call them little, like, Races that run out of medals in some cases yep. doesn't happen often, but it happens because the non-registered runners come through the finish line, and unfortunately, the volunteers either you know perhaps haven't been trained properly or are just inundated with just large numbers and large volumes that all they're doing is is seeing somebody who's finished a half marathon or a marathon or maybe just a 5K, whatever, and they bestow them with the medal that 
they believe that person deserves because they don't know any better. And, you know, 50 medals here, 100 medals there, and on and on and on. And all of a sudden we get towards the end of the event and so many of those deserving, as you and I know, have essentially worked harder than everybody else because they've been out there longer. That's right. You know, and there's not a medal for them. That's just outrageous, you know, because of the entitled few uh, that have decided not to register um, have taken those along the way. And, of course, food and drink and, you know, I guess we could go on and on with They're it. thieves. We like to call them the thieves, right? Well, it is theft. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 it is theft. There's absolutely, and, and you know, this will probably <laughs> open a hotbed of, uh, of response, and that's good because we can have discussions about it, but it truly is theft of services, theft of materials, and, you know, those courses have been, in most cases, closed because of the fees that have been paid, the permits that have been drawn, and the significant uh, efforts of the race director and their staff and volunteers to, to marshal and close that course for the safety and the enjoyment of all the registered runners. Yeah, I don't think people have any idea how expensive it is and how much effort goes into getting those permits, shutting down the roads, and hiring the law enforcement and the contractors who put up the fencing and everything. It's a fortune. So you're legit right. stealing, and some race directors are actually going after these uh, bandits now. There's people that are being charged with misdemeanors over it, which I love. Yeah, they're getting, uh, you know, they're getting more serious about it. They're getting more aggressive. Uh, you know, you and I have seen, uh, you and I have been in a number of races where they actually have uh, a group of security, I mean, paid security, to take these people off the course, uh, in some cases a half mile out, in some cases, more than that, when I say half mile out, out from the finish line. Right. You know, because let's face it, the most effective way of handling something like that, um, essentially, as, as far as, you know, guarding from metals and use of finish line, post-race food and refreshments, et cetera, et cetera, is getting them off the course before they reach the finish line. So I'm going to pause you there because all of that's great information. So I love the way you handle this all at the start line. So Rudy and I work together. I normally yield to him and he says, if you are not registered, get off the course. If you are standing next to somebody without a bib, point them out. Flag over security. We'll get rid of them, right? Right. What happened to Rudy? He seemed like such a nice guy and then he started talking about bandits and I want to cry. Oh, no. I know, he's, he's the perfect pit bull, but then we go in. That was your pet peeve. That's why I threw that one out first. Mine is the <laughs> finish yours? line. Okay. Where I turn into a bit of a monster when people who are not registered for the race come through the finish line. Mm, yeah, that kind of... I've seen you get a little cranky, particularly recently. And you know what, though? I think you have a point. I, I think you have a very valid point there. Go well, on. it's taken those... A-holes that you were talking about, and I just got, I can't let them through. I just morally cannot let them through. There's a couple. I mean, A, there's the ones who actually ran the race and no bib. And so, you know, if I see no bib on a person, that's why people need to put their bibs on the front. It's not only for the photography, but so oh, good we, point. Yeah, good so point. people know they belong there. And if they're coming through without a bib, I will tell volunteers, do not give the guy in red shorts a me medal. He's not a registered runner. 
But then I get furious. I get so mad when these people, it's just so selfish. They grab their baby once they hit the finish line shoot and they're going to make it all about them. Well, P.S., you're running a race with all these other runners, athletes who've trained hard. They're looking forward to not only their moment at the finish line, but some finish line photo. I think it, it's horrible to have some baby or some kids running in the photo or some dad with the loafers and the backpack and he's sloppy with the camera. <laughs> Get out of my finish line, right? <laughs> Ooh, mean fits Kohler. Mean, mean. Well, okay. So, so essentially, of course, I agree with you because it's busy enough at, in the finish line and in those shoots there without family and friends coming through. Um, you know, I, I guess the flip side of that is, and you and I have seen it, you know, we've been doing this a while. It's it's the sharing of the celebration. Probably many of them are first timers. Maybe not, you know, but they're excited and they want to share that moment with their, you know, their their little one or their spouse or significant other. So essentially, it's a you know, it's it's a harmless concept or idea. However, it is very problematic. Yeah. And and. And, and I, I, I get where you're coming from, you know, and they and let's, you know, let's kind of get down to it at another level. That finish line area, those shoots are a restricted and secured area. Absolutely. OK, so so I'm with you. <laughs> well, and then mom falls with baby. Baby splits head open in the middle of the course. Guess who's paying for baby split head? Race organization. Guess who's getting sued for baby split head? Race organization. I mean, there's so much wrong. You know, Susie's dad trips over his loafers and wipes out another runner. It just, it's an earned place. And one of the things that I'm, you know, I tell people on the microphone at the start and at the finish line, and I mean it, is this place is a earned opportunity. You have to earn the finish line. And there's nothing better to teach your children then how to support others. Their place is on the outside of the barricades, waving, screaming, wait, rattling that cowbell, but they do not belong inside of it. So as a parent who's raised two really nice kids, I think it's bad parenting to demonstrate rule breaking. The rules don't apply to us. We're entitled. It doesn't matter. You know, teach those kids how to be a good support system. Don't you think? Yeah, I know I agree with you, and and the uh, you know you said it before in our conversations that the finish line is a very hallowed place. You know, it's somewhere where the celebration truly starts. Uh, that celebration might be a little less in a kids' run or in a you know maybe five k. Although distance does not demean no. the 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 you know the effort and the celebration and the honor of finishing. But when you get to a half marathon or a marathon where there may be you know, more of a struggle, if you will, or, or, you know, more of a, more of an effort to, to, to get to that hallowed place. Um, it should indeed be reserved for those that have um, worked for that opportunity and put in the hours and days and weeks of, of training and hopefully just hours to get there instead of weeks to get to the finish yeah. line. Well, you know, it's funny because you and I, um, you know, people like that we're so happy and, and we're so happy for them and we truly love the athletes. So, you know, it's a win-win. They like us because we like them and everyone's happy. But I, uh, I fiercely want to protect those people. I get cranky and I'm quite confident there's 
a couple dozen at least, you know, mommies or bozos who decided to grab their kid or grab some other person to bring through the finish line. And I don't think those people like me anymore. And I don't, I also don't think I care, right? Fitz Kohler, you think there's a couple people out there that just might not think we're as cool as we think we are? I'm pretty sure there's a few people that hate my guts. (laughs) There was um, this weekend at Savannah, uh, public Savannah women's half marathon and 5k. I had some dude, it was about the two and a half hour mark of the half marathon. So very busy shoot and some jerk comes riding towards me and I'm standing inside the finish line on the mic and he was on a bicycle. And oh, no. No, no. And I, no. Used, I used the mic, mic as a weapon, not to hit him, but as to publicly shame him. And I said, get off your bike and get out of, get out of my course. And he looked at me and I ran up. I grabbed his handlebars physically and I said, you need to get off the course. And he was like, I'm just going to go past you. I'm going to go. And I said, no, you're not. He goes, yeah, I am. And, and I ripped him apart. I said, you need to get off that bike and get off this course. I'm bringing the Savannah Police Department. And if you hurt any of my athletes, we will sue you for everything you have for the rest of your life. And he was like, oh. So he turned around. I was so mad. I didn't tell him all of that on the microphone. But the first few statements were at least enough to get his attention and embarrass him. And so the next day I was doing yoga in the park where the, the race puts on yoga the next day. And all the girls, so none of them said like, hey, you were the fun one at the start line or hey, whatever. They go, are you the one who <laughs> got that guy on the bike off the course? I was like, yeah, that was awesome. So while he hated me, I think those girls really liked me. Well, what a transition from from sweet, fun, ha, 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 Fitz <laughs> Kohler. <laughs> did, did you use your big voice and everything that's right i used my mommy voice it was the mean one really you used your mommy voice and you grabbed his handlebars that is badass yeah i, I love it i got very physical with him and michael jones who's michael jones so sweet but he's navy background he can handle himself he was in the course he goes i didn't know if i had to jump in and help you i mean this guy could have obviously been a been a big jerk and you know maybe i would have had to actually hit him with the microphone but um, but I, I was able to convince him verbally to do the right, to do the right thing. <laughs> well, I think if, if Michael Jones had to step in or if I was available and stepped in, actually what we would have said is, hey, dude, if I were you, Just <laughs> I would do what she said. That's right. That's right. So, you know, our job, I think we're the, the head cheer squad, you know, kind of organizational, but I also feel like we're head of security at that finish line because we get to see it all and – we get it first, right? Well, you know, it's, you know, without patting ourselves on the back, it's, it's because we care, you know, yeah. it's because it's, it's a, it's kind of, kind of just a, an extension of what we do. And, um, and yeah, you know, it's just, I guess it, it wouldn't be the same if we just didn't care. No. I, I, I just realized another pet peeve. I found another one. Let's can, hear can it. We go to, well, it, it's, it, it's a, uh, it's an extension of the finish line and of bandits. And, you know, sometimes there are those out there that just, you know, they decide that maybe that, that second loop or that, you know, that they just need to, they just need to do less that day, you know? And, Uh and, yeah. And so, 
call them? Course cutters, cheaters, Rudy. Pick well, well, okay. So, but but I'm not even you know I'm not even going to cheaters right here right now. Mm-hmm. Okay. However, however, you know, in that mode, if you decide that you're going to you know take yourself out and you're not going to do that loop, or you're going to cross over, um, that's okay. Right. But but what you do is you take yourself out in that finish line. You eat, There's several things you can do, and I guess we'll develop them as we discuss this. The first one is you go over to the timing personnel that are right there. They are right there waiting, and you tell them, I did not complete the entire course. Yes. Okay? Because we see you. Fitz and I see you coming in, and believe me, I've been doing this almost 25 years. Fitz has got some good experience in this as well. We know right. that you didn't run a marathon when we when we see your your gait, your body type, your just general demeanor, and you're coming in at 305. Yeah, yeah. Okay, or whatever. For the marathon. That's a marathon. For the marathon. Time. <laughs> and yes, and we and we kind of and so that's all we're saying here. I, I'm, I don't mean to demean anybody's effort. And I also don't mean that you have to be a gazelle to, to run a good time because that's just not true. Right. I see it all the time. I see very capable people who aren't nearly as lean as, you know, again, I'll use the term gazelles that we see out there. And they, they're, they're very gifted individuals. But if, if you haven't done the whole thing, you gotta, you gotta take yourself out. It's the only honorable thing to do. Do not let us assume that you did the whole course and that you deserve your time. And that is important because you may um, take away somebody's age group award or their experience, right? If they're waiting at the platform hoping their name is called and they didn't see you up ahead because you technically weren't up ahead. You could take their uh, moment in the sunshine, right? Correct. Yeah, you might not be top three overall, but you know, if you're uh, if you're in the ancient, uh, you know, dinosaur age group like myself, you yeah. might be taking <laughs> you might be taking somebody's you know top three spot or whatever. You just haven't earned your, your place that day, and maybe you just had a tough day, and that's okay. We all do. And so, I, again, I'm you know before somebody gets glaring and writes me a nasty gram, which you can do that anyway if you'd like. Right. Um, <laughs> I'm going to write you one when we get done. I'm sending you a mean note. Please do. I'm not disrespecting anybody for, and matter of fact, I have a completely, my attitude over the years has changed um, in, in in accepting a DNF. Yes. E like David, N like Nancy, F like Frank, meaning did not finish. And you know what? Um, I used to be, back in the day, I used to be, you finish no matter what. You get out there, and if you have to walk, if you have to drag yourself across the finish line, whatever it takes, you finish what you started. Now, was that just a personal philosophy, or were you telling that to other people? That was just a personal philosophy. I I would not. That was my own philosophy. Got it. Good. But... I, something changed along the way and quite a while ago and I, I came to understand you know the flip side of that and the flip side of that being hey if you're just having a really really bad day I think it, it, there's a lot of wisdom 
to just kind of accepting that that's what it is. It's a bad day, and go ahead and and do not finish. Go ahead and take a ride back, so you can not necessarily live. You know, right. of live course, to run another day. Live to run another day. Now, I say that both literally and figuratively. If you're if you're seriously going through a medical issue, of course. But I'm just talking about you're not having a great day. I don't, and and I don't. I'm not telling you to be a quitter. I'm just, and particularly, particularly if we're talking about a marathon distance or an ultra distance, or I mean, or even a half marathon for some people. I think there's a lot of wisdom to just saying, nope, it's not my day. And they get back on your training schedule, and the opportunity to, to run another race maybe in the near future is a, a lot greater if you don't just put it all out there and struggle through that finish line and and you know put yourself in a six week, ten week, maybe maybe several month recovery. You know? Yeah. Yeah, you know what I was going to say with with my actual expert credentials, you know, with the fitness thing, I always say, well, first we do no harm, right? Just like doctors. Perfect. Perfect. Your efforts in running are always to make you healthier, you know, and of course there's athletic accomplishment, but before you're a runner, you're a person. And if this experience is not enhancing you as a person with your, forget your mental thing, the triumph, blah, blah, blah. We're talking health then tap out, move along, you know, and that's a pretty strong philosophy for me. If I feel sick or injured, I'm done. We had a horrific amount of people at the Walt Disney World Marathon weekend running with the flu. Yeah, and I know personally several of them that took months to recover. You know, it's, you know, uh, I don't know. April, they're just getting back to running. I mean, there's a point where it's just stupid. It's just a race. It's just a medal. So you're blowing your 60 100 whatever dollars. It doesn't matter. I don't care if you flew there. If you're sick, if you blew your knee out or whatever it is, just get a cowbell and cheer for the other people and take from the experience that you can. But you're a person first. And um, if that race is not enhancing your health, if it's hurting it, you shouldn't be taking part in it. Agreed, and I and and Fitz just and again, I guess when I share this stuff, as you said, you have professional background. I do not. All my background is experiential. Yeah, and that's and that's personal experience and experience within the industry and working with other people. Okay, so that's where all my stuff comes from, which is so, very valued too. Well, you know, but but again, I think it's really important that everybody understands that that's where my basis comes from. I'm not a professional. Um, but I have a lot of experience. So for me, what we're talking about here also, it starts at the start line, right at the start line. So again, in my humble opinion, you do not start a race unless you are, and, and this will, this number will slide with the distance. Okay. I think you know, if it's a mile race, okay, you might not be feeling the greatest, but it's a mile, okay? At least you don't have a fever, okay? The flu isn't probably a great, you know, I think you should be in bed. Yeah, but, and not infecting you know, everybody else, right? <laughs> correct, correct, agreed. 5K, but as the distance gets longer and longer, have respect for the distance. Have respect for yourself and the other runners around you. But, but all of those factors... I personally, just again, just myself, I would never go to the start line of a marathon 
being less than 90, probably 95% um, healthy, ready, able, and feeling confident in my ability to put forth that effort on that day. That's my number. I'm sure other people might have other, other numbers, but you got to respect the, the distance. You know, a marathon or a half marathon, that's a long way. Or, of course, we go to ultras. Yeah. You know, 50, 100 miles longer, 24-hour races. Um, and even, yeah, if, even for people that are totally prepared, feeling great at the start of a marathon or a half marathon, there's a really good chance something's going to hit the fan between point A and point B. You know, there's talk about reality, right? If you're not, there's a real good chance it's going to happen. <laughs> if you're not already up there, if you're not at your best to begin with, the things that'll knock you down along the way could get dire. I just, I do not like it when I have my friends that talk about it was miserable and I suffered and this. And I just think, you know, if you were posting that same post today that said, you know what, I woke up. I had a stomach bug or I've been recovering from the flu and I just decided to uh, take a pass on the race today and get some rest. You'd have even more people in your little important comment section saying, wow, I'm so proud of you. What an adult decision you've made. You know, if you're if you're one of those people that just lives for the feedback, you know, you're going to get a lot more praise doing the right thing than doing the bozo thing and being a dramatic, you know, mess after the fact, don't you think? Yeah, you know, I again, it's 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 um with I don't know how many years is it now? Oh boy, I sure shouldn't even go to this number. Carry it's the free. Less, <laughs> it's less than fifty. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. It's less than fifty. I don't know how many less than fifty years of 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 you know personal running. Um, it's about the joy of running. That's what it should be. And if it's not a joyful experience, or if you're, if the joy in getting out there and putting one foot in front of the other diminishes or changes, then you know either change what you're doing, or 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 just maybe I don't know maybe find another pursuit or walk or That's whatever. Right. Yeah, I, I have a, I have a friend, and I'm sure it's not his. I don't know. We steal all our own other material. But, uh, you know, what he says is never outrun your joy of running. And that's, I think that's a, a really sweet and very true uh, bunch of words. You know, it's just how, how sad, how sad that something that perhaps at one time gave us so much joy would become anything less than that. Well, you know what? You, I got to give you credit, Rudy Novotny, because according to my little list that I've made, you dove straight into expectations of the finish line and so forth as I had number three. But I think the next thing would be the training. You know, some people take on these efforts and they just haven't trained at all or they haven't trained properly. And, you know, you get out what you put in, right? Sure. And, and I think, you know, to... to you know, keep the conversation moving specifically. I like the, I like the, the subtopic of expectations. Um, it's something that I'm not going to say it's a pet peeve, but it's a frustration of mine when I see people, um, in the running community and, you know, some of them being our, our friends, both, you know, close friends and, you know, people we've got and, and acquaintances and Facebook friends and, you know, people we don't care about any less, but, you know, people we know in, in varying degrees create 
or harbor expectations that that are complete either either completely unreasonable or just aren't in sync with what they're doing to achieve those expectations. Right. Okay, now now oh Rudy's Rudy's beating me down. He says I shouldn't have a dream. No, that's not true. Everybody should have a dream. And and that's what keeps so many of us going. Dreams are wonderful things and and goals and even even lofty goals. But you know, I've just realized recently that I'm not going to be running a 230 marathon anytime soon. <laughs> that's for me. And that personally, maybe 230 half is more like what I should be looking at oh. now. But <laughs> Hey, no shame but, in that, mister. <laughs> no, 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 no. But I mean, really, it's, um, it's, it's creating expectations or goals for yourself that either are reasonably achievable and then it comes, how are you going to do that? Yeah, have okay? a plan. Have a plan. Sure. And, and, you know, and, um, you know, for some people it might be getting coaching, but I mean, you've done lots of personal training and you've, you've coached people and, and worked with people on a professional level and to, you know, to, to look to achieve something that requires either this degree of strength or speed or all of the above. Without doing the the basic training for those muscle groups. Look at you! You sound like you are coming around to the philosophy of strength oh, this training. Is going, this What? is going to be so painful. Oh, when this my. podcast is done. <laughs> yeah! Wow! You're you're. Let me hear more of this content oh, okay. you have. <laughs> well, I'm gonna. Oh boy! Oh boy! I'll be running specific. Okay, and, and I just chatted with, with one of our mutual friends at a race yesterday, and I, I think the light bulb came on for her because she was looking. Okay, because can we, in expectations, can we go right into PRs? Yes, yes, please do. Okay, so PRs, personal per records, or also known as PBs, personal bests. The fastest you have ever gone a particular distance. Correct, correct. So... I, I guess, oh boy, this is a this is a, a tough one or potentially you know tough subject because I I want to encourage again everybody to have those desires and be looking to improve um, yourself and and it's okay to look for those personal records and personal best but Mike becomes when it actually goes to a negative and it becomes unreasonable and look. You're not gonna. You're just not gonna run a personal record every time you go out and run that distance. It's impossible. It's destructive, and you know it's it's looking for an injury and and or it's just or disappointment or disappointment. Just just right there. Exactly. It's just, <laughs> instead of being able to go out and enjoy the experience and the outcome, it's a. It's an instant opportunity to beat yourself up and, um, you know, woe is me to all your friends and explain why you didn't get the PR as opposed to just going out and saying, you know what, I ran XYZ race today and it was, it was cool and leave it at right. that. The, 
This is right, exactly. This is the best I had today. You know, this is this is I, I gave it all I could and this is what I had today. And you know what? Might not be my best, but uh, it, it was my best today. Yeah, and so who, and, you know and here's the other thing, Rudy, is like besides you, who cares what your best is? You know, it's just Nobody cares what your time is. is. Isn't that interesting that people think that other people care what their time is? Well, some of us are a little more A-type or type do you, A. Do you look at your friends and care what their race time was? Yes. You do? <laughs> no. No, I don't. What? I don't care. I only, okay, so. Yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> I can't wait to hear this. Go on. Oh, boy. Well, I mean, I, okay, so I look at my age group because I'm a competitive person person so sure i'll look at you know what some of the some of the guys and also some of the girls in my age group are running or some of the nearby or some of the people i know it doesn't matter no what you're saying is correct it doesn't matter so so what i'm saying is you know our dear friend Lori weiner posts and says i ran this you know super cool half marathon today is your first instinct i wonder what her time was no not at all no 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 that's that's a good that's a, a real fine example. No, yeah. no, uh, you, know, you know. Again, it might speak to you know more of the people that are directly in my age group or my sphere of competitive background, perhaps. And that's a very small group. Um, but you know, aside from that, no, it really doesn't matter. But but let's let's go let's go back to you know let's go back to the the PR chase and and expectations. So what I say is. You know, to, to some of these people, you know, like someone says, okay, my PR is, my, my PR in the 5K is 27 minutes. Okay, so just over a nine minute pace. Okay, great. That's, that's fantastic. But I really, really like to go 24 minutes or under. Hmm, okay, okay. That's, that's quite a drop. Okay, and tell me, what are you doing to that end? What are you, you know, so that's fine. That's, you know, that may may or may not, but that may be an attainable goal. What do you, tell me about your speed work. Speed work? Yeah. Well, well, I just kind of go out and I, you know, and I run, you know, and I, I maybe, you know, I maybe do a, a couple little pickups here and there. Oh, ooh, oh, so you're doing a little tempo. Well, no, not really tempo. I'm just, you know, I go out there and I hope for the best. Hope to have a good day. Hmm. Okay. So, (laughs) so all I'm saying is that, you know, if all of a sudden such a person is running like a 9.10 pace and then hopes to run roughly a 7.45 pace without doing that, what, what makes you think that your body is going to all of a sudden go, oh, okay, let's do this. Yeah, you have to put in some strategic training. You have to do what your running coach tells you to do, and then you got to do what Fitz Kohler tells you to do. <laughs> and and not in that order, perhaps in the reverse order. Right, right. So, yeah, and, and so. the difference would be, you know, what I tell folks is if you get a, a running coach, someone who will tell you, you know, work on your gait, someone who will tell you what pace to run at, uh, your speed training, whatever, I'm the one who prepares your body for elite performance. I make sure that your body is strong and flexible with good balance and great endurance. And, you know, you know as well as I do, because you used to be that guy, is runners tend to just run. 
They just mm-hmm. run. And because they're running every day, they're doing more damage. They need to be doing elliptical and swimming and cycling. You can make a hell of a lot of progress with your running by stopping running a few days a week and doing the other things that still build your endurance without um, beating your joints to death and overusing those muscle groups. Well, and I agree. And, and of course, you know, and if we, if we even just speak to the running aspect of it, long, slow distance is going to make you long and slow and you'll be able to do the distance. Okay. If, if that's what you want, that's fine. But if you're looking to run faster than things like speed work and hill repeats and tempo work it are, and, and you know, and look them up or, or get yourself a coach and check those things out because all of those things and more will make you faster and they'll make your running more fun. They'll make you stronger and they'll give you an opportunity to perhaps, you know, run more PRs or, or run faster like you're saying you want to do. And, um, boy, speed work is something that I just fought and fought and fought and fought. And I just thought, oh, if I just run, you know, maybe some more hills and, and maybe further, I'd get faster. Well, of course, that never happened. And one of the guys that I ran with for many, many years was just an incredibly uh, talented individual, much, much, much faster than I. And I benefited from running with a faster person. That's always a good thing to do. But he got me doing speed work. And he said, you're going to hate me for a couple weeks. <laughs> he said, I'm going to guarantee you a couple things. You're going to hate me for a few weeks. And he gave me a structured speed work workout. And there's all kinds of different ways to do it. When I say speed work, it's a very generic term. There's lots of different ways to do it. Some good ways, some bad ways, but there's lots of different ways. But he said, you're going to hate me for a few weeks, and then it's going to happen. You're going to see the benefit. You're going to feel it. You're going to run some races. You're going to run faster. You're going to feel different when you're running harder. Mentally, you're, you're going to change your ability to handle that stress going at a faster speed for a shorter period of time is going to improve. And man, I hated him for a few weeks. I hated him. <laughs> and then, 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 you know, a few weeks down the way, six weeks, eight weeks, ten weeks into the program, I started running faster and better, racing better, racing stronger, and getting better times and, and enjoying it more. And just and it was it was magic. I love speed work. I love running hills as hard as it is. I love hill repeats. Tempo works great. It it just makes you a better runner, and it makes your running more fun and changes it up. You're just not running the same thing every day. Yeah, yeah. Repetition is uh, only partially beneficial. Beneficial. So I'm going to jump into something that's a lot lighter on the subject. It's not necessarily a peeve, but something I can't figure out. I want, what is your opinion on the people that warn us the night before the race about what they're going to wear? The flat Rudy photo. (laughs) You've never seen a flat Rudy photo because to date there's never been one. (laughs) What do you think about that? (laughs) You know, it's part of their race prep. It's part of their their pre-race celebration. So really, I'm kind of, I'm okay with it. I think it's just, you know, um, (laughs) (laughs) the whole, the whole celebration of what I'm going to do and, and what I'm headed to do is different things to different people. So I'm, you know, I'm pretty okay with it. I I think it's, you know, part of the fun and, and okay. Oh, you know what it was for me? 
for me, this is how old I am. For me, it was getting, we used to get our bibs in the mail. Okay. Wow. We used to, we used to sign up with a paper form. What? You know, none, I, yeah, yeah, I know, I know. We used to sign up with a paper form and we'd get a paper bib in the mail. We'd get a Tyvek bib and we'd put it on the refrigerator. And that would be something that I would see every day. And it would remind me that from, from one of my favorites, the Big Sur Marathon was three months out or four months out and I'd see my number and I'd concentrate on it and it would be my my focal point. So that's my that's that was my pre race deal. But yeah, people celebrate and they they'll they'll uh, take pictures of their, their restaurant tour the week before. Oh yeah. That's so funny. I look at those pictures and um they're they're certainly not harmful or anything, but I just Instead of, like, you have this cute version of, it's celebrating what I'm going to do tomorrow. In my mind, I think, thanks for the warning. Now I know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Avoid the girl in the green tank top and the purple sparkly skirt or whatever. It just It's so, like, where else would you do that other than race? Can you imagine if you posted your outfit the night before you went to work every day? Or This <laughs> is my, great. my, I'm going to wear this to church tomorrow, everyone, just... Be careful. Here I come. I, I like your equivalent. Hi, everybody. This is what I'm wearing to work tomorrow. <laughs> it just feels funny to me. So, But millions of people do it. So obviously, I'm the awkward one not taking pictures of my clothes. <laughs> well, you know, again, it's just uh, part of the, uh, you know, I, and I think it's also part of the warrior spirit. You know, this is their... This is their um, their armor, her, you know. Her. Their, yeah, yeah. My, I got my tutu ready. We are going to that's war right. with the room. That's right. That sparkly skirt or whatever it is, you know. We some we see some pretty amazing outfits out there. Oh, we clearly sure do. Next time you're a guest, we have to talk about LA Marathon. We don't have time sure. today, but we had some good stuff okay. there. It's yeah. Good stuff. All right, back to something deeper. We're gonna have to keep it quick because I don't want to keep these people too much, but. Let's talk about the GPS know-it-alls, where courses have been professionally measured repeatedly on end on the tangent of the course, yet we still have folks saying, this course was 0.13 miles long. Ready, set, go. Uh, Okay, what that has become is the race director's Monday morning, okay, let's go ahead and open up the email and see how many emails we have of the your course is long or short oh, yeah or or well if it's yeah. short <laughs> yeah or short but the, still the, the gps is, watches are are wrong <laughs> yeah well let's okay gps ladies and gentlemen i know you spent a lot of money for your garmin or your fitbit or your polar device or etc or your sunto there's a lot of great stuff out there and they're great guides but guess what they are not perfect they are absolutely positively not perfect <gasps> what uh, yes this is true this is true now that's to begin with so the device itself is not perfect okay and then Let's go to the dynamics of how a course is measured. And, I, and you know, we cover this with, with uh, apologies to all those who have already, you know, they know, they've been through this, and they understand 
where, where we're going. So I know you're going to be bored with this little bit, but a course is measured essentially with the, the shortest possible distance anyone could ever take to complete that distance. Okay? So, and it is measured with a very, very scientifically set forth and approved and refined process. And we've got some great people out there, you know, some we know very, very well, Ron Scudera. Doug Thurston. Uh, Doug Thurston. Uh, my buddy Jerry. Um, oh, Jerry, why does your last name escape me all of a sudden? I've only known you for 25 years. It's oh, okay. So Go on. Bad. I'll tell them about it. And, and, okay. And, and anyway, if so if you can visualize, let, let's visualize a road that curves and then curves back. Okay, so essentially, it, essentially, it's an S. It's a, it's a, it's a lazy S. Well, when measuring that part of the road, be it a quarter mile that does that, or even a, a tenth of a mile or a twentieth of a mile, we d the course is not measured on a wheel as they run through each of those curves. They go on the straightest line that can possibly be taken to go through that distance. It will be on the road. It doesn't mean that it's exactly as the crow flies. It has to be, you know, on that running surface. But again, if you just think about the shortest possible distance that can be taken on a straight line, that's how it's measured. So for a marathon, when you're, when you're looking at your GPS or whatever device you have, and it's measuring about 26.4, 26.5, somewhere in that realm, Chances are that's virtually perfect. You're talking about because you you almost without exception you cannot run those tangents. It's impossible mm -hmm. to run that line. The second okay? you step to weave around one runner, you're off of it. The second you perfect. step over to the side to grab a water, you're off of it. There is perfect example. Yeah. That's a perfect example, Fitz. Both of those examples and Let's face it, we both know that we do plenty of dodging and, you know, moving around, you know, runners five abreast that shouldn't be going that mm -hmm. way or walking <laughs> or whatever. But, and, and you think, oh, that's only a foot or two. Yeah, yep. it's a foot or two or more or three or four. And, and as you add all that up, it all adds up. Yeah. So, so again, if, if your race is USATF, and, and there's probably another sanctioning body but if it's usa track and field certified you can be certain that that has been measured remeasured if there's been any changes to the course from the previous year even minor changes it has to be remeasured if a world record is set on that course a course that's been measured that hasn't been changed. It's been measured and measured again and again and again. It has to be remeasured. So, 
So, so are, are we saying there's a possibility that when people cross the finish and go, oh, the course was long, that oh. maybe, that just maybe they should take a chill pill and go on with their day because they're probably exactly. missing the boat? Yeah. You know when to worry? When to worry? And this doesn't mean, oh boy. I don't, uh, don't even go there. <laughs> well, okay. Let's hear it. Come on. <laughs> okay. So if you finish your marathon and your Garmin says 26.2, or you finish your half and it says 13.1. Or you finish your 10K and it says 6.2. Oh. Well, no, but here, because those things tend to be off, there's a certain percentage point where they could be long or short. You, you're right. You're yeah. right. But I'm just saying, I am just saying that the, in, in my opinion and experience, there's more reason for concern. If they're me- if if your device is measuring right on or super close, yeah, that's all I'm saying. Because the ability to run the tangents is generally extremely minimal. Yeah. You know, you're you're essentially always going to be over. Now, we, again, Fitz and I welcome you know comments from the professionals <laughs> and those that are out there. <laughs> And I'm sure aren't listening to this podcast. Hey, hey, you know that I have a huge following of race officials. I forgot. <laughs> so, so here's my... The professional race communities. People love my kind of take no prisoners kind of frank talk with them. Uh, you got to watch. Friends, you have a watch. It's kind of there to give you the gist of where you are, give you the gist about of what you've done. But it is no, by no means perfect, nor something you should use to professional standards in racing. So, you know, go enjoy the experience and leave that race organization alone. And, and up to my next thing is one of the my peeves is when people will have an extraordinary race. So we'll have an event. They'll have big fun at the start line. Thanks to cool guys like you and me. Great music. <laughs> tons of entertainment along the course, great nutrition, great hydration. They'll have an incredible finish line party. They'll do absolutely everything. Gorgeous medals, gorgeous shirts, the the elite racing experience. And then they get trapped in the parking lot for 20 minutes on the way out and slam the race and reviews. I cannot believe how many people have this bitter pill expecting everything to be perfect when... A race organization kills themselves for 365 days to put on the absolute best experience as they can for, I don't know, sometimes 20,000 people. And then these self-centered yo-yos get caught up on the fact that, I don't know, someone left a flyer on their windshield or, you know, they dropped their medal and lost it. And now it's somebody else's fault. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, well, you know, the whole experience is... uh you know, a lot of work, as you said, some of these race directors uh, and race, uh, race management companies put in 360 plus days trying to make these events as, as close to perfect as possible. And it's a matter of life. It just doesn't happen. Little things happen along the way. And don't let those get in the way of the other 90% of your experience that went so well. Um, if it took you half an hour to get out of the parking lot, yeah, maybe the maybe the parking officials and, and traffic control wasn't what it should be, but don't let it ruin your day. Now, you know, Fitz, on the other side of that, um, you and I work for a number of, of different race directors, a whole bunch of them. Yes, we and, do. and they're really good people who 
who really strive to uh, to provide a wonderful experience for these athletes. They're also professionals that want to hear uh, from people who may have constructive criticisms or other good ideas. Yes, you know that some of the best ideas they've ever gotten are from people who write in or other races that might do it this way instead of their way or that way, and and that's all good. So don't hesitate to provide either constructive criticism. Um, we love getting, you know, we love hearing our race directors get uh, emails and texts and, and Facebook posts of praise, and, and we love to know, you know, how well everything went. But if, if you have some good ideas or something didn't go perfect, don't beat them up. Just just give them some constructive criticism and, and maybe how you would have done it instead. Uh, that That's as good as uh, an email or, or text of praise. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. But I still want people to big picture it all. I mean, perspective, right? My my sure. perspective is always standing next to the cute little girl in the grocery store. I was annoyed to be in a line, you know, oh, some lady's writing a check. And then I looked over and there's a beautiful little girl in a snow white dress, bald head, clearly going through some sort of chemotherapy or medical treatment. I just thought, you know what? My life is pretty good. So if I have the opportunity to participate in a great event and have lots of fun and almost everything goes right and then... You know, the parking lot is slow to escape. My, I guess I'd just be grateful that I got to participate in such a popular special event. And if, you know, I get to sit in the parking lot for a few minutes, maybe, I don't know, maybe I'm avoiding an accident on the highway or something. I just, it's the nickel and diming people that, that do such good work. Um, you know, I don't want someone to leave and you know, personally ruin their own experience by harping on a tiny detail that really is insignificant. Um, and of course, I don't want all of those people that work so hard along the way to um, to take the beating either. That's a peeve. That's a peeve. And, and of course, so many of those people are volunteers, right? Yes. I mean, so many of the volunteers. Absolutely. So, go on. Never beat up a volunteer. No. Never, ever, ever, ever beat up a volunteer, even if they're completely wrong about what they're doing or whatever. They're doing their best. They're doing things the way they may have been guided to do them. Or maybe they're just making a mistake, but don't beat them up. Volunteer Without volunteers, we've got nothing. So please thank a volunteer along the way. We love our volunteers. Yay! Yay! And then um, <laughs> speaking of yelling at people, I really like it on occasion when people yell at you. A la the, the angry man and Catalina who was possibly drunk who cursed you out for making noise. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not everybody appreciates our energy and enthusiasm at six in the morning. Yeah. Whoops. Oh, well. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> so we're going to finish with a high point because we've been venti, but all I think all in good, good faith. What is your favorite thing i mean of course we can't barrel it down but if you're going to talk about one of the best things about a race what would you say it is that it's really generally a celebration that we get to partake of that is and it is all a positive experience nobody nobody gathers and gets to the start line hoping for anything but just a wonderful time. It's all positive. And so, you know, when it veers off of that, it's just, you know, it's a shame. But for 98, 99% of the people participating, it's a great experience and it's all positive. And 
you know, that's what's such a pleasure about what we do is working with fit people, people wanting to be fitter, stronger, faster, happier, and, and all the wonderful things that happen in their life along the way as they become runners and cyclists and triathletes and ultra marathoners. We, we get to experience that on race day. It's just as good as it gets, and to be part of it is, is truly an honor. Yeah, you know, my kids were asking, we were playing some would you rather game, but it came down to um, working in television and working as a pop singer. And of course, I don't sing or at least not well, but I do work in television. And while I love the ability to communicate with millions of people at a pop when I do that, I love the live audience. I love being able to just be with people and uh, interact and you know, I think I become such a better person between 6 a.m. and 2 p.m. when these races end because, you know, I have so much to live up to now after watching these wonderful people come by. I love getting the hugs. I, oh, I just, um, it's such a luxury, isn't it? It truly is. As you say, um, as you love to say, it's mass impact. I want to touch as many people as possible. Now, Fitzkohler means literally touch. I'm a little creepy that way, right? (laughs) You are. I want to kiss your children. I want to eat all the children. (laughs) Yes, I don't eat the children, though, and that means (laughs) I deserve an award. (laughs) So true. But uh, it it is a great opportunity to... uh, to reach out in, in, in any manner that we, we get to and, uh, and touch lives because along the way, um, ours are, are made better and, and we're touched as well. So, mm-hmm. um, great spot to be Fitzkohler, great spot to be and lots of races coming up. Yep. Yep. We have too many. So next, next time you're coming back on the podcast, we have some to talk <laughs> about in the past that we've had a heck of a lot of fun at. And then we have some things to um, warn people about so they come run with us, right? Of course. Please run with us. All right. All right. We're going to stop running at the mouth, though. Thank you so much, Rudy. I love having you as a guest, and I know I have to twist your arm and send you all (laughs) sorts of prizes and things in the mail when we're done. He's a tyrant, folks. He's so difficult. (laughs) Oh, promises never kept. Right. Prices right. never received. I'm telling you, it's brutal. Hey, Fitz, it's a pleasure. Thanks so much for inviting me on, and um, I hope people enjoy the podcast and keep doing the good work you're doing. And uh, you'll be showing up here on the correct coast very soon. All right, for Big Sur. All right, Rudy Novotny, folks, best announcer in the country. I'll take a sec. I'll take a back seat to that man anytime. Thank you so much for listening. If you have pet peeves of your own. Share them with me. Share them on the Fitness Show podcast. I'm at Fitness on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook. You can find Rudy Novotny on Twitter, even though he doesn't use it. He's got Rudy, Anou- Rudy Novotny race announcer page on Facebook, although he doesn't use it. <laughs> but, <laughs> we would love to hear from you. Thanks, everybody. Get to work. Hi, this is Rudy Novotny, the voice of America's marathons. We all love how much running has benefited every aspect of our lives, so much so that most of us only wish we'd started sooner. Wouldn't it be wonderful to give the opportunity to children of today? Well, you can. 
The Morning Mile is a before-school walking and running program that gives children a chance to start each day in an active way while enjoying fun, music, and friends. That's every child, every day. It's also supported by a wonderful system of rewards, which keeps students highly motivated and frequently congratulated. Created by our favorite fitness expert, Fitz Kohler, Morning Milers across the country have run over 2 million miles and are having greater success with academics, behavior, and sports because of it. The Morning Mile is free to the child, free to the school, and is inexpensively funded by businesses or generous individuals. Help more kids get moving in the morning by visiting MorningMile.com. Champion the program at your favorite school or find out more about sponsorship opportunities. That's MorningMile.com. Long may you run.